You're listening to Crunch Time, the hottest young pod in the world of sports. Welcome back to another episode of Crunch Time. I'm Mikey. I'm David. And I'm Sam. Today we're joined by a special guest. Please welcome former national basketball champ from Villanova University, Daniel Oshefu. Daniel, it's great to have you on the podcast today. How's the quarantine been for you? Uh, it's been real good, man. Thanks for having me, by the way. I've been uh, socially distancing a lot the last couple months. Yeah, That's great to hear. Yeah. All right, so let's get right into it with the interview. Yeah, what was your high school basketball uh, experience like? Uh, it was cool. You know what I'm saying? I went to, I went to Westtown School. Uh, my high school coach, uh, Seth Berger, he was uh, he, he one of the co-founders of At And One. So we had a lot of uh, good connections in the world, in the basketball world. And uh, I was able to go there, win a championship my senior year. Nice. So what was your recruiting experience like for college? Uh, my recruiting experience was calm for the most part. You know what I'm saying? I had all the top schools uh, recruiting me. And I, I decided to commit early in my junior year in the springtime. I just get out the way, get out the stress. So I had a, I had a fun time in my recruiting process. I think. I, if I had done it better, uh, different, differently, I would have just gone on more official. Mm-hmm. So, what ultimately led you to choose Villanova? Uh, so I had a uh, uh, coach. Right, first and foremost, was you know, I mean, when I first met him, he was just a real, real good guy, and the family vibe out there was, you know, what I mean, just one of a kind, really. And so, you know, what I mean, when I was thinking about everything, that that played a big factor, and then also. Um, just the fact that I'll be playing with so many great guards because that's how the NBA is. So I figured might as well start playing with big guards. Everybody asked me, why would you go to guard you? You're a big man, but that's how the NBA is. That's what I was thinking back then. Right on. Uh, how did sitting under Yaru your freshman year help your development and confidence? Uh, it was good, you know, because uh, he, uh, he was just a beast. You know what I'm saying? I think uh, halfway through the season, we were able to start together. So I kind of was under his wing, and he showed me the ropes and then started battling out together. I mean, I went from subbing him out the game to both of us subbing each other out the game a little bit, like being out the game at the same time. It has been said that Jay Wright does not play freshman a ton. How did that affect you? Uh, It didn't, really, because I played – Archie played a lot. Uh, Yeah, freshman, that's that's really a myth, really. It's Jalen Brunson. He played a lot. Uh, yeah, that's not really, I don't really think that's true. All right. Um, what was your reaction to being named an honorable mention for the all Big East team in 2016? Uh, that was trash. Trash. It was one of those, um, really? Yeah, it was one of those, they can't, because the thing with all those uh, awards, they couldn't give all the Villanova guys, the Villanova team, all the awards. Or, so everybody knows that I'm, I'm supposed to be the first team big and the league, but that gives us four guys probably on the first team. I mean, you might as well put the, our whole starting lineup on the first team. So the honorable mention joining, our, that was that was disrespectful to me. So you feel like that, like, since there were so many good Villanova guys, they wanted to spread out the team basically and not just have it all Villanova? I mean, the, the poli- that's what the politics of it was, you know what I'm saying? It's what, I mean, we knew that. That's what it was. We just – it is what it is. Can't get the can't get the individual accolades, so we get the the team championship. That's what we that's what we sacrificed. Right. Yeah. I'll take what it. Was your, 
Yeah. Now, what was it like playing with the young Jalen Brunson and Dante DiVincenzo? Uh, I actually didn't get to play with Dante uh, too too much. Just oh, only yeah, he was red, he was a redshirt that year. But Jalen, I mean, he was cool. Was, I could see you could tell he was going to be special uh, back then, his freshman year. You know what I'm saying? All right. Uh, what is Jay like? A uh, Jay Wright like as a person versus a, as a coach? Uh, I would say two different beasts for sure. Because uh, I mean, when you're on the when you're on the basketball court, it's just just a, a different type of intensity and seriousness that you uh, carry yourself with, especially uh, at Villanova. But off the court, you know what I mean? Great guy, just like kind of like myself on the court. Uh, sorry to curse, but I'm a mother. F- you know what I'm saying? But off the court, big teddy bear type thing. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing with Jay Wright. He's a savage in between the lines, but step out the lines, greatest guy in the world. Right. That sounds awesome. Yeah, he sounds like a great coach. Um, how would you describe March Madness from a player standpoint? Like, is it exciting or do you feel a lot of pressure the whole time? Uh, it's, it's more exciting. I don't really deal too much with pressure just because this is how I'm built. So, you know what I mean? It's just really exciting, really going on the road, having all the fans go crazy and whatnot. Super, super fun times. Do you know who the best player you played against in college was? Uh, maybe Doug McDermott. What was it like? I know he's a great shooter. Like, did, what was the game plan going into Creighton? Uh, I can't remember. We got blown out when we played Creighton. Oh. We got blown out a couple times by Doug and his team. Can you describe, like, what was going through your head in the national championship game when you tried to d- dove out and steal the ball from Marcus Page and then he hit the double clutch three? Oh, uh, yeah. I tried, I mean, the ball, I mean, I thought I tried to steal the ball and I didn't get it. He hit the three. But, I mean, I'm built differently in the Villanova. I mean, we're, we're built differently. So, like, as far as mentally goes, like, we already knew what play we were going to run and all that. So, it was kind of like, damn, he hit the shot, but – we're still going to get a shot chance right here. And it's, it's not like we like, oh, man, oh, now they're going to – we have to go to the overtime. Like, none of my teammates and me thought about overtime. I know that for a fact. Can you describe your reaction after winning the national championship in 2016? Uh, nah, I ain't no describing that, to be honest. It's just – I mean, I was just – I don't even know. I was just in the in a whirlwind of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> going into the tournament, did you guys feel like – did you know that you had a big chance of winning the tournament? Like, you knew it from the very beginning? Yeah, yeah. We was always very confident. That senior year, we was uh, – as a group, I mean, we all knew that, I mean, every any team in the country, they had to probably beat us to get to the national championship. Country. Like, what is the atmosphere at the home games with all the students supporting you? Like, what is it like? It's crazy, man. Just as anywhere you could think about, like uh, Cameron or Kansas or where all the other big time places. It's just like no different than Villanova. You know what I'm saying? We got the Augustinian Army ready to take anybody, <laughs> take any team. All right. So, what were your thoughts leading up to the two, 2016 NBA draft? Uh, I thought I was getting drafted, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my resume was good enough. I was good enough. Just, just had won the national championship. I think uh, politically, I had a lot of good politics on my side as well. But unfortunately enough, didn't get drafted. But I feel like I call myself the 61st pick of the draft because right after the draft, the Wizards called and I signed my deal with the Wizards. But 
I ain't get drafted, so I'm able to say I made it without getting drafted. So obviously that night, like you felt very upset. What was your like after you found that the Wizards wanted to sign you? Like, were you automatically like really happy, or were you still feeling like the doubt of like not being drafted, or oh, was it I, just complete happiness? They were- yeah, I wasn't even. I wasn't really that too too happy because I was expecting to get drafted. You know what I'm saying in the first round for that at that fact. So. When the Wizards called, thank God it did, and thanks to the Wizards for that. But I already knew I was going to get on a team regardless, but I was expecting to hear my name get called. What was one thing you would say to, like, players that, you know, don't get drafted in the NBA draft and, like, their confidence just goes down? Like, what would you say to them to just motivate them? Uh, I'd say, uh, low-key, not getting drafted is not a bad thing because you just, you're just you a complete free agent and you're real flexible and what you're able to do. So, you know what I mean? You can weigh your options. You know, in the NBA, depending on the level of player you are, you're able to weigh your options there. And then also overseas, you know what I'm saying? You're able to weigh a decent amount of options. Right. Uh, what was your experience like in the G League in Maine, Chicago, and Stockton? Uh, the def- That year in the G League was uh, – my first year in the G League was a roller coaster. You know what I'm saying just really up and down. Uh, there were some injuries. They got traded a bunch. But when I got to Stockton, they were in Reno at the time. So uh, it was great vibes out there. Some of my boys from the team, I'm still real cool with. And then we, the team moved to Sacramento or to Stockton. But we lived in the practice facility was in Sacramento. So we really lived in Sacramento. So it was that, that was a, that last Last year in the G League, I did was a cool year for me. Had a good year, fun time out there with my dog. And then, what ultimately led you to sign with the Spanish team overseas, and then I believe in Japan. Uh, I mean, the Spanish team overseas was really just because I just needed some money. And uh, I mean, Japan, same thing. That was the biggest. That was the biggest bag that was on the table. So I was at that point in my career where I was looking for the for the biggest paycheck. So. That's why that's why I went to that's why I went to Japan and Spain. Right. Uh, is there any NBA team you'd like to play for currently? Uh, anybody. Uh, yeah. This type of situation is the NBA come calling again. I go and do any role because <laughs> I know what it is to be in the league. I mean, I know the perks. What was it like having to like leave the U.S. and like go play abroad? Um, like at such like a young age, like were you sad, homesick? What was going through your head at the time? I wasn't homesick just because um, I had I have lived away from my family before. Uh, West Town, my high school, was a boarding school. And my family, from the first two years, they lived in Nigeria. So I wasn't homesick at all, to be honest. But uh, when I was out there, just being alone and isolated, really, uh, definitely could get to you uh, mentally. But get in how you fit in, you know what I mean? Making sacrifices to make money. Right. Um, speaking of Nigeria, what is it like to have represented them for international play? Oh, it was great pride. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm mad we weren't able to get the, uh, the gold medal, but on silver, right? But it was a lot of pride. I was, I'm, I'm pissed that we didn't get that gold medal because we were supposed to get that gold medal, but hmm. a lot of pride there. Hopefully I, I can get back with the, with the team. In, uh, one of these upcoming years, maybe the Olympics or something. Yeah. And then do you have any goals for when your basketball career is over? Uh, like off-the-court endeavors? Yeah. 
Oh yeah. So the beauty of of uh, my career right now is I, I started my off the court endeavors uh, like uh, in college, to be honest. So now I'm at a point where I have a lot of experience as an entrepreneur and uh, corporately. I'm set up to, I mean, just be able to use my network and resources to help myself in business. But goals, uh, generational wealth. That's my goal right there. Right. Uh, what is one piece of advice you would give to kids wanting to play in college and even the NBA? Well, two different beasts right there. So if you want to play in college, then I'd say figure out a list of 10 things that matter to you most in a college and just whatever your list, whatever schools are that you're assessing or whatever, just always come back to that list. So like for me on my last day of recruitment, when I was making my decision, I had chose Georgetown as my gut decision. But then according to my list, out of the five schools, Villanova had what, I guess six or seven out of the top 10. And there was like two or three more than Georgetown and other schools. So I'll say for college, that, and then for the NBA, uh, depends on what level you're at. You know what I'm saying? If you're a college guy, if you're a one and done guy, I'll say don't go to college because the NCAA can't support it. But if wow. you're, yeah, if you're a, a guy that, that takes some years, then just like uh, – just like the first, the first guy going to college, I'll add on. Worry about yourself most because whatever school or team or I mean program, they're worried about that school, that team first. They're not worried about you as a player, the individual. Right. Like this season, I feel like a lot of guys kind of made the G League transition. Like, did you expect that to happen? And what do you think is going to happen with that in the upcoming years? Yeah, um, so the G League transition thing is crazy because one of my life coaches, he is, uh, I mean, his name is Frank Matrasano, and uh, he goes by Hell's Trainer. And so he has this uh, program he's doing now. It's called Chameleon BX. And so now, no knock on what the G League's doing and the NBA's doing because they're doing great things, but they're – it's a carbon copy of what Frank has been preaching for 15, 20 years now. I've known him for 12 years. He's been my life coach for 20, 12 years. And, you know what I'm saying? That's what the G League doing is great for those type of highly touted, highly touted uh, athletes. The concept is great. But as far as uh, like a, the same type of program, nobody's doing what Frank's doing at Chameleon BX. So that's some, that's some homework I got for y'all guys right there. Check out Chameleon BX and y'all hit me up. Let me know what y'all think about that. All right, we'll do. Thank you. All right, well, thanks so much for coming on the pod. We really appreciate it. This has been an honor talking to you. Sure. Best of luck. Thank you. Y'all boys did a good job, man, with the format. Thank you. Appreciate y'all having me. Thank you. We try. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Crunchime. We'll be back with new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Follow our Instagram at Crunchime Pod. We're available on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, and many other streaming platforms. And we have a TikTok, so please go check that out. And we will see you next time.